So here we are again. Uh, we're away on holiday at the moment. We are. Um, so uh, we recorded this before we went away on holiday because it's a lot of uh, emails and things that you've sent. Where me. are you right now? Uh, Don't tell. Uh, I'm in Europe are you? somewhere. I'm in Africa. Are you? I am. Blimey. Yeah. I hope you're having a good time. I hope so. Yeah, I hope I am as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but these are things that happen. <laughs> and we have decided that we're not going to, rather than sort of run around like crazy trying to make sure that you get your two a week, I'm afraid uh, it looks like next week there won't be one. Um, yeah. But we'll pick it up again. The week after. No, there'll be one, won't there, or not? No, I think no, there's, there's going to be... This will, this will be the second week uh, yes, yes, of one, yes. and then there'll be a gap. Yes. And then we'll be able to get back well, to it. Well, look, if you've subscribed, they'll, you'll get your automatic download anyway. Yeah. So that's the best thing to exactly. do. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Now, these are emails that people have sent in about yeah. things that they want to say about the podcast that they've heard. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's Thought Police Pod, isn't it? Thought Police Pod. Uh, at gmail.com right okay and uh, I have to say and you'll only have to take my word for it yeah universal like yes. and acclaim for the podcast which is lovely to it hear is thank nice, you yeah. that. that's good and some really interesting uh, and international questions okay. as well All so right. um, let's start with this let's is see. an interesting one you'll like this David Smith yeah. in Los Angeles says it's 45 years since uh, Watergate oh yeah and he asks the question, do you think journalism today is in a fit enough state mm. that it could do another Watergate investigation? Well, that's a great question, it actually, great because question. you told the great story a few uh, podcasts ago about how you hired um, the wrong member of Woodstein, Wood- um, yeah, right, who, right, which yeah. is what they were called, that's right. you know, because, of course, of Bob Woodward and yeah. um, Carl, Bernstein. Carl Bernstein. And yeah. you ended up hiring Carl Bernstein. Who liked to, to do, drink, unfortunately. Who liked to drink, unfortunately, to do the Chilcot Inquiry. I fell right? asleep, yeah. Um, I fell asleep. <laughs> you had to completely rewrite <laughs> I his, wrote his whole copy. His, yeah. his whole thing. Absolutely horrendous. <laughs> because, I mean, I think the trouble is, what we now see is that, um, you know, investigations units as such... Um, don't really exist anymore. Yeah. Um, there's some outside of newspapers, isn't there? Like Xaro News, is it? Or yeah. whatever Bellingcat that one's called. Yeah, there's yeah. a few. But the trouble is with those is you're never quite sure where they're coming from yeah. or who the people are that are writing stuff. Yeah. I mean, I remember when Rosie Boycott first first took over the Daily Express way back before I got fired, so it was around 97, something like that. She hired the entire Observer um, investigations unit, which marked about four people. Yeah. Um, and they all came to work at the Express. And after about six months, you know, nothing had happened. Yeah. And somebody said to me in a pub one day, he said, well, maybe they should do an investigation to one of anything in a fucking paper <laughs> yeah. for the yeah. first six months of what they're doing. Because the great thing about people yeah. who work as investigators is they love having a long time to do That's things right. and not really ever producing anything. But there are a couple of famous investigations units, like the Insight Team, team of Sunday Times, yeah, yeah which yeah. I used to work, do some work for, because I, I worked yeah. in America for the Sunday Times, right. so I did lots of things for them, yeah. um, including stuff under my own name, but also yeah. sometimes I'd write the profile, yeah. which goes without a name. Sometimes I'd write stuff um, for, or I'd do investigations for Insight. In fact, once I had to do a very bizarre job, which was to um, go undercover and buy a load of um, prawns from a guy in, in New Jersey. And I'm not talking about, like, you know, a few bags from the freezer. I'm talking about, like, tonnage. Because yeah. the, word, the word on the street was that there was American operators illegally selling um, prawns to the European market yeah. uh, and selling it and shipping it all over to Britain. Driven by demand at Manchester United? Presumably, yeah, <laughs> for the prawn sandwich brigade, of course. And uh, it was amazing. So I had, because in those days, there wasn't much of a footprint. So you didn't have like a mobile phone, you didn't have 
um, you know, somebody that could easily track your online presence or anything like that. So you could easily pretend to be somebody you weren't. Yeah. Very simply. And I had to go and meet these guys in this dodgy part of New Jersey. Christ. You know, and make out that I was the middleman. Because it'd all be sort of mafiosi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, wasn't, yeah. yeah. it was all a bit fucking, um, you know, Sopranos. Concrete like. galoshes. Yeah. And, and also all around it was all those reeds and everything. I was thinking, yeah, yeah, I could yeah. end up buried in That's these, right. you know. Yeah, yeah. But we managed to get them in the end. Because yeah. um, I bought I, th- I bought something, it was something ludicrous, like £400,000 worth of shrimps. <laughs> right? <laughs> That, that was all being masterminded from the inside team in London. So yeah. I just had to sort of occasionally appear Amazing. and say things to them. Awesome. You know, the money was all kind of, you know, out there in the ether. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, stuff like that. But that would go on, they'd go on for months and months oh, yeah. of investigation. Absolutely. And they did, uh, they exposed thalidomide yes, scandal. they did. Um, and then that the was other, under Harold Evans, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. The other very famous team is Spotlight, which mm-hmm. we talked about in past podcasts, the yeah. Boston Globe. Yes. And they did that uh, thing about the Catholic Church and yeah. pedophilia, which is... I mean, it's still going on today, mm. the ramifications yeah. of that. But I think there's something in what David asks, which is that as newspaper staffs have, have contracted, yeah. they're not necessarily the ones driving the investigations. No. I have to say one caveat. So people, I hope, know that I edit The New European. But yeah. My day job is looking after a lot of uh, local and regional newspapers yeah. for a company called Archons. Right. And we've got a fantastic investigation unit run by a brilliant guy called Tom Bristow. Okay. And Tom works on long-form projects mm. and will spend weeks and weeks and he'll have two or three on the go at any one time right. and produces all of these splashes, you know, once a month, whatever, and wins awards. Right. And, and so he, he demonstrates and his little team demonstrate, I think, that there's still a lot of value in doing that yeah. and, and proving... Even if you don't make the money back on the clicks you get on the website, yeah. certainly you're making the case that you're still important yes. in the community. Yes. And I think that's what newspapers And I think the other thing to remember about Watergate is that Watergate kind of was uncovered by accident because yeah. nobody at the Washington Post really wanted the story. And if you watch, I'm sure you've seen All the President's Men, fantastic film, yeah. which I've got on DVD and I watch it just you know, once yeah. in a while just because I love the film. And, you know, nobody on the paper really believes the story because they're all going, you know, and, and even in the city of D.C. itself, which is very much like the, you know, the, the sort of political capital of the world, people are going, well, if the story's so important to the Washington Post, why are these guys doing it? Yeah. These two kind of junior reporters. That's right. And it was only really their kind of real, you know, stamina and, and determination that got the story onto the front yeah. page. And, and the they just kept... Editing of and ben, ben, Bradley, yeah, ben Bradley, who yeah. was fantastic, yeah. you know. Um, and played brilliantly in, in the film as well. Yeah. And I think that just a lot of it, I think a lot of it is called what I, what I it's like what I call off off diary type journalism. It's yeah. like when we were talking last last time about Chloe Wesley and the Taxpayers Alliance. Yeah. And I was going having a go at you saying, well, you know, it's not that simple. You shouldn't just walk up to somebody and ask them a question and expect that that's not journalism. You know, yeah. you should be out there trying to dig around and find right. out precisely what is going on. No, you're absolutely right. But, but yeah, I think the trouble is we now live in a very much quicker cycle yeah you know if Watergate was happening today I suspect you'd be getting revelations coming out a lot quicker yeah than you're waiting for the next week's paper and all that well, there'd thing. be a, someone would tweet yeah. the photo of them and I think yeah and, and I think some, and I think some television companies are still doing some good work I mean yeah. like Channel 4's um, dispatches yeah. still does some pretty good and Carol Cadwallad has been doing good work okay. well, well I don't right. know about that well no, she she's, has she's, what, what she's do you think doing, of her because she's well, quite a, di, divi, you know she divides people on. well she does because she's an obsessive I think that's the problem yeah but that is the that is the key Attributes no, of an investigative I dis- journalist. I disagree. No, you because need the no, she's, no, she's lost her feel for journalism and she's become a fanatic. Right, right, which means that you don't actually know whether it's a good story anymore. Well, and that's the problem for me. Anyway, I, no, listen, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I don't. I mean, agree she keeps, with it. she keeps, you know, putting out tweets saying 
well, if this isn't the final nail in the coffin, I don't know what is. Yeah. And then nothing happens. Yeah. Because it isn't the final nail in the coffin. I think she's done... But I think, OK, accepting that, I think the, the story she wrote, and she's been massively lauded for it and well-rewarded and awarded... It was Not a by Aaron Banks, she hasn't. It, no, well, he was suing her, I think. Yeah, he is. But he is. And if he wins, that will be, yeah. I'm afraid, yeah. the end of her. Yeah. Because she'll have nowhere to go. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, I think it was a great story. And I'll tell you one thing Piers always used to say, which was, you could apply to Carol or any of these people, yeah. he said... The only real important thing is to make a lot of noise, you know. And if you're not, if no one's looking mm. at you, if they're not slagging you off, if yeah. they're not praising you, then you're nobody. You're nobody. nothing. That's true. So, so that's controversy to a journalist is a is the place you should. Yes, be in but the I think, of. but I think you need to also have the ability to stand over, as they would say in yeah. Ireland, what you're doing. Yeah. And I think she has, to an extent, lost right. her kind of way because I think she's now just flailing about. It's a bit like all those people who tried to get Clinton. Um, uh, way back when, because they yeah. wanted, they thought Monica Lewinsky was going to be the end of him. Yeah. It turned out not to be the case. You know, same with people who say every few months, well, Trump's bound to be impeached before the end of his time. You know, it probably won't happen. And no. so, the more you say it, and the more it doesn't happen, yeah. the less informed you look, and you just yeah. look desperate. Okay. And I think that's her problem. And I know I haven't seen this Netflix program that's been done, yeah. uh, which is all about her Cambridge Analytica. The great thing. hack thing. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's gone on about it. I yeah. didn't really think it was that brilliant to be honest. I haven't seen it. But maybe it's because I sort of I'm very familiar with the whole story. Yeah. It? It's not something that would yeah. you know excite me to be honest. Yeah. Okay, well, all right, well, David... So I guess the answer is no. Yeah, probably I don't think it no. Would happen. In, less and less, certainly. Interestingly, third parties kind of doing it, and we've seen some examples of almost like crowdsourcing yeah, investigations yeah. where you've had these huge dumps of data and lots and lots of different news organisations have mm. done it. But no, David, I think you're absolutely right. It's almost certainly the case that there wouldn't be mm. two guys in the Washington Post who would be sitting well, there. Well, look at the WikiLeaks the thing, right? I mean, yeah. that WikiLeaks dump that Julian Assange did, yeah. right? Um, and the thing that came from America. I mean, it was so huge mm. that it wasn't done properly. That's you right. know, they made a mess of it. Yeah. And then once you release all that documentation... It all, every single bit of it kind yeah. of just fades into oblivion. One of the best ones in recent times was the MP's expenses. That was scan, great, yeah. Which was all on one CD, and I think it had a million expense yeah. claims, which the Telegraph... The Telegraph to, But the untold it. story is that that CD was offered to about four different yes, newspapers it was. before the Telegraph bought it. Yeah. And I, I, I'm pretty sure it was offered to the Mirror, and the yeah. Mirror said, nah, it's too complicated. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. It was the biggest story we've mm. had for a long, it long was. time. Right, yeah. next, uh, Alex in Munich. Yeah. He, he, he asks a brilliant question, which I don't think has been talked about enough in terms of domestic politics. Right. So Boris Johnson's on this great drive for mm. pro-Brexit and all of that business. Right. Know, and the whole premise of it is to, to win over support from people who support the Brexit party. Alex asks, could you ever see people in Sunderland ever voting Tory, even if it's for Brexit? The damage that the Tory party's done historically in the northeast and northwest, all of those years of family tradition, do you think Brexit is enough to get people to vote Tory? Mm. Because when you're in that ballot box, and I know this from personal experience, sticking across against a Conservative candidate yeah. for me, I don't think I could ever do really? it. Never. Well, even though now you're a part of the liberal metropolitan elite. I could never vote Conservative. Really? It's just, it just, it's totally against everything oh. I stand for. Okay. I, 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 well, yeah. I mean, this is where you say that, you know, Brexit has completely changed the political landscape of the country because what these guys have done all their lives, probably like you, have voted Labour. But Labour has abandoned so much yeah. of their working class, you know, heritage. In Scotland, they lost out to the SNP. Because for years, 
you know, Labour basically ran Scotland. Yeah. Labour was was uh, was a lock, you yeah. know, and that was how Labour managed to get into power in Westminster because they got forty eight or fifty seats in Scotland. They're never going to get that again. That's right. Because they've actually done nothing for the people of Scotland. You know, the, the kind of poor inner city areas of places like Edinburgh and Glasgow have had no improvements made to them whatsoever in 40 years yeah. that Labour's been in charge. Right. And so people have gone, you know what, fuck you. Yeah. We're going to vote for the SNP. Yeah. And that's what's happened. But in the... In Eng- I, I think that's absolutely right. But in England, where if only you had a an electable Labour leader, yeah. I think things would be really tough for Boris Johnson. But you've got... You know, no, but not if he was not for pro-Brexit. And, and we know that Jeremy Corbyn is not particularly pro-Brexit, even though in, his, he, in his head he yeah, is. Yeah. Well, he's just on the fence, isn't he? Yeah. Completely on the fence, because they, they're clueless. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, the, you'll see, I think you'll see a lot of people... I think this Liberal Democrat surge will continue, and I think there's a lot of people... Not suddenly, right? Well, I just think there's a lot of people who, are, who won't vote Labour, not just because of the Brexit, but also this bloody anti-Semitism yeah. thing that they can't shake off. Yeah. They can't. Well, there was a story Tory. the other day saying they're losing a hundred members a yeah, day. Yeah, a that's day. been going on for a long that's time. That's a lot of people. So you don't hear people talking about how that's no. file size is growing because yeah. it isn't. But I think you'll just find, there'll be a lot of people, as Alex suggests, who just cannot, will not, won't vote Tory. Yeah. So they'll vote Lib Dem or they'll vote Green, which is what mm. I did last. I can't time. say no because they will not in some. If you're talking about the northeast of England, which has been a very pro-Brexit area, they will not vote for any party that is remotely about Remain. They won't. So they won't vote for right. the Lib Dems. I so mean, they'll vote Brexit Party then. They might vote Brexit Party, but if the Brexit has already happened yeah. and we've already left the European Union, yeah. they might not bother voting. Yeah. They might just go, you know what? Yeah. We've got what we wanted. We can't vote Tory. We're not going to vote Labour. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what happens then. I don't they, know how, do that, you know what? how that works I, out. I wouldn't blame a single one of them. No. You know, if 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 Brexit's happened. Yeah. The day after that, people are going to be so fed up with the whole... You know, well, I've called for a national floor. holiday, you know, right? Yeah, it should be. I've a, called for a national holiday on November the 1st. A fortnight long one? No, just a, just a bank holiday. Yeah. You know, let's That's celebrate. Good. So we can celebrate. You celebrate. have street parties up around this nice part of Islington. Yeah. You get Jez That's around. Right, yeah. You know, with his... Bloody uh, Sajid Javid's got his ceremony, <laughs> his, his, his commemorative <laughs> coin lined up. What is it? that all about, by the way? What's the yeah. point of a commemorative Honestly. coin? What's a nonsense. And also with some ridiculous thing on it, like one of those Hallmark cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, was yeah. it peace and like, prosperity peace. to all nations yeah. or something like that? Yeah, you've got to do a bit more than that, yeah. actually. You've course, actually got to come up with some economic policy. It's a 50p <laughs> coin, but the joke is that, of course, it'll be 42p by the time. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. By the time the economy. Yeah, but you do wonder sometimes, do they get a bit enough rope, these guys, and you just go, yeah. what the hell are you thinking? Oh. What did you do? What about Caroline Lucas and her all female? That was you a know, lot, wasn't bloody it? Bloody government of you, cabinet of unity. Well, do you know what? I mean, she couldn't do much worse than the bloody. One that's just been, could she? Well, I, I mean, what, the one that was run by a woman. You mean? Well, yeah, but she had all these jostling. Yeah, but the Theresa May is a woman. She for is, all of her various faults yeah. and lots of ways you can describe. Well, I quite her. like the idea that you know that, and I'm not trying to be woke here, but I do quite like the idea that women do have a slightly more kind of let's do, let's get something done in a pragmatic style uh-huh. rather than being driven by all this mad ideology mm. you know really yeah I, I think, think so well I, don't well, know. I think you can make the case either way I might, be so talking bol- I might be talking I mean, absolute bollocks I mean you too. can look at any number of female um, you know leaders in all sorts of places in the world yeah. who were not exactly benign 
No, right? Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher yeah. for one. You know, Indira Gandhi. Yeah. I don't think you'll find too many people in fucking Kashmir too keen yeah. on her. Melda yeah. Marcos. Yeah. Um, oh, Golda Meir in Israel That's right. was not exactly uh, a soft touch. No. You know, she didn't do anything by ours. Uh, Boudicca, <laughs> there you go. Catherine the Great. That's right. I mean, you know, you go all the way back to any number of people you want. What about old, um, what's his face, is, um, you know, in Syria, Assad's wife, the English oh, yeah. woman, yeah. you know, who's like literally smiling while gassing people to right. death, yeah, yeah. you know, she's making sure she's story. wearing the great Jaeger fucking uh, couture for the That's season. Right. That's right. I mean, there are some very cruel women out there. There are. I've known many of them we're, we're in many <laughs> ways. <laughs> <laughs> to our, to our personal <laughs> cost. Right, okay. Well, Alex, there's your So I would say they probably won't vote Tory, but they won't vote Labour either. Right, okay. Fair enough. I agree with that. This is an interesting one okay. from Neil Thomas. Yes. He says to both of us, he's asking, there must have been times when you've interviewed somebody who you knew was lying. Right? You knew they were lying. Yeah. How do you handle that? What do you what do you do in that well, situation? Steve Doughty was the most recent one I can think of, God, the uh, yes. MP for Cardiff, yes. right? And he came on. It's a famous, uh, yeah. famous uh, bit of video which you can find on YouTube. Yeah. Where he said to me, "What loads of MPs say? They just roll this stuff off the top of their head." Yeah. And he said, and we started having this conversation about people who have um, changed their minds since the referendum, right? Yeah. And of course, his version of that was that people who voted to leave have now realised the error of their ways, they were lied to, and now they want to vote to remain. And I said, well, you know, everybody says that in the same way that I said, I haven't ever met anybody who voted to leave who says, I didn't know what I was voting for, and I wish I hadn't done it. I said, I, I get completely the opposite of that. And he said, well, I've got thousands of emails from people <laughs> um, who are telling me that they want to now vote to remain. And I'm going, I just said, I don't believe you. <laughs> I just don't believe it. Thousands of emails. Yeah. You don't get thousands of emails yeah. if you're an MP anyway. Total. Love. Unless you get a lot of death threats, you yeah. know, because people can't be asked emailing their MP. Yeah. But he wouldn't let it go. Yeah. And I just said, and he said, well, that's nice, you're calling me a liar. I said, I'm not calling you a liar. I'm just saying I don't believe you. <laughs> and I sort of gave him in code the chance to row back from it a little bit. Yeah. But he never did. Yeah. And instead of which, he kept going on and on and saying, I'm going to be, I'll publish them all online then. I said, fine, yeah. let's see him. He can. hasn't published one. Right, Stephen Doughty, if you're listening, yeah. get on with it. Well, he won't be listening to me through my Twitter account because he's blocked me since oh, then. Oh, no. He blocked me. And I mean, I'm one of those people I who actually says, pathetic. if you are a public servant, i.e., I pay you your salary yeah you should not be blocking me Dominic Rabb blocked me did he yeah because I said that you know he was at some fundraiser some black tie fundraiser when there was something else much more important going yeah. on that and I just said oh you know he's got his priorities yeah. right instant block right know? I mean he's a really I mean also player. if you haven't got thick skin don't yeah, get into politics don't, honestly, what's the I mean you know we get some pretty heavy shit and I mean yeah. we've talked about social media before yeah. you know and it, it can be quite debilitating at times yeah. if you let it yeah. but if you can't get that, if you can't handle that you shouldn't be doing right. it you shouldn't That's be right. on Twitter if you're a Labour MP and you can't take a bit of you know ribbing yeah. What the hell's wrong with you? So I think, Neil, the answer is, and I hope you know Mike and I by now, we're not in the uh, business of taking bullshit lying down. No, no, we really aren't. We're, and if you're we're sitting, in the business of giving bullshit yeah. lying down. And if you're, I mean, <laughs> if you're sitting with somebody and interviewing them in person, yeah. whether it's in a recording studio or just generally speaking for a, for a newspaper, um, you can have, I mean, you kind of have a, have a, a sense of it, don't you? Yeah. If, if somebody starts telling porkies, yeah. you can kind of go... And I'm, yeah. and I'm actually now getting a bit of a reputation for picking people up on it. You know, I had a guy on just the other week talking about um, the NHS, and he was a doctor. 
And we were talking about the whole business of, uh, you know, why it's now taking up to 15 days to get an appointment yeah. if, you, if it's not an emergency, la, 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 la. And I said, well, I've always believed that if you put a small charge on visiting the GP surgery, it would eradicate a lot of what I would regard as kind of frivolous visits. Because yeah. I know that people will say, well, that's not fair. But there are lots of people who go to the GP's surgery and they shouldn't really do it. Right. They don't really need to. You know, I don't go very often, but if I'm there with my kids or something, you look around and you can see yeah, but hang that on, there's what, people there. But there are people there who, who go and they think they've got a cough and it turns out they've got cancer. And well, I'm sure and there are. Picked up there. But the point is, is that there's more people um, who are also going there because they think there's something wrong with them. Yeah. They're hypochondriacs, you yeah. know. Uh, they might have a little cough, but in fact, you know, the doctor's right. not that bothered about it. Yeah. All I'm saying is, is that we have too many patients and not enough doctors. So the one obvious way to whittle it down is to start charging people right. because people who can who would have to think twice then and they go well maybe I'll just go once this month instead of three times <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean well I'll tell you what I, th- I do think and I'm thinking off the top of my yeah. head here, but on what you've just said because missed appointments is a massive big mm-hmm. thing for the NHS yeah there could be like a refundable deposit you had to put yeah. down that would be good so you had to put yeah. a fiver and you'd get it refunded yes. if you actually turned up yeah. and if you didn't the fiver went into the yeah. NHS for wasting time that could that's work that's a good idea that could work yeah. but I, I mean you might say that that's more of an incentive rather yeah. than you know, yeah, so, which okay. I'm normally in favour of right yeah. but this guy says to me he said well there's uh, you know the, all the evidence suggests that that doesn't work and I said what evidence is that and he said, well, they do it in Germany and they do it in France and they do it in Australia and it doesn't work. And I said, well, you know, I have to take your word for that. I said, well, you know, what's the evidence? He said, well, it just doesn't. He just kept saying it doesn't work. <laughs> and I said, well, I'll tell you what. I said, well, if it doesn't work, why do they do it? Yeah. You know, so in Australia and in Germany and in Italy and in France, they use a system which doesn't work. Right. And they charge people money for something that's clearly no use. Yeah. I said, I don't believe you. Yeah. But we had to leave it there because yeah. I don't have the knowledge. I can't say... You know, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I hear somebody from Australia who's just rung me to tell me actually yeah. it works very well. Well, the other thing you can do now, of course, which you could never do ten years ago, you just Google yeah. it while while you're talking. You know, I remember being in a conversation on a radio show about the NHS, yeah. and someone quoting stuff like that to yeah. me about Scandinavia and all of that, and they were saying the NHS is the mm. best thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. And I said, oh, on what basis? You yeah. know, what's your metric? Right. You know, right, survive cancer survival rate. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay, best cancer survival well, rate. Well, it's world. not in the UK. Miles away. No. Okay. Cost per citizen, you know, right. miles right. away. But in fact, it's very difficult to find a yeah. metric that the NHS is anywhere near the no, top of. That's right. So, you know, when people talk about the NHS being this, you know, uniquely yeah. brilliant health service. It is unique, but it's, it's unique, not brilliant. It's unique, but it ain't brilliant. No, exactly right. Yeah. But the point is, we now live in this world where people just trot this stuff yeah. out yeah. as though it's gospel truth. Yeah. When it isn't. And, you know, facts have now become opinion and vice versa. And you can't get away with that. I'm That's afraid. right. Not if you're a proper journalist, you go, no, you tell me why you think that and tell me what that fact and where that fact comes from. As a lot of the time... C.P. Scott, the guy who was the great editor of The Guardian yeah. years and years ago, said... Uh, facts are sacred comments is free right? yes and that's that's true you know mm-hmm. you can have any opinion you yeah, want yeah. but you can't have your own facts yeah so unless you're Michael Burke of course was <laughs> it Michael Burke yeah it was wasn't it we got ourselves in a lot of trouble <laughs> by saying something actually which wasn't that horrendous <laughs> but you know everybody just jumped all over yeah, him yeah, and yeah. that's horrendous terrible yeah. thing yeah. to say you know right um, we've got two people asking the same sort of question okay here. Tim Buckingham and Neil Smith right. another Neil and they both more or less ask the same thing, which is about the BBC. Mm. As an institution, should we still be paying a licence fee for it? But also, is it, confe- is it infected by left-wing bias mm. and this sense of being woke? Yes. And does it 
Does it deserve public funding as, a, as an organisation anymore? Well, I think it has to change. I don't think there's any doubt that it will yeah. have to reform. Um, yeah. I personally think it will they will do away with the licence fee because it's not sustainable. Do you? I well, really how do. How will they fund it then? Well, they'll fund it by... Through asking, taxation? Um, no, I think they'll fund it through... Um, Advertising? Basically, either grants from something like the Lottery Fund, yeah. possibly... Uh, or they'll just have to massively reduce what it is that they do because so much of what they do should not be covered by the licence fee. Yeah. You know, like, for example, this whole BBC Sounds thing, right? Yeah. One of the reasons that they've created BBC Sounds, and this is only an opinion which is out there in the, in the commercial radio industry, is that they're losing listeners at quite a, quite a fast rate an awful lot of their stations, right, including Radio 2, who lost something like nearly a million That's right. over the past year. Um, they're, they're now trying to sort of mollify that by saying that people are now listening more to podcasts yeah and that's why the actual numbers listening to live radio is going down right I'm not sure that's true yeah but what I can say is that when I hear that they're doing a podcast which is aimed at young Indian men and women between the ages of 20 and 25 in India I'm going sorry what? why am I paying 154 quid a year for you to employ somebody to fucking record that's that that's mad and as we do a yeah. podcast, right, we are commercially making a living doing this, right, yeah. or trying to. Yeah. It's very difficult when you can't have a model of paid-for podcasting because yeah. of the BBC. That's One of the right. reasons why nobody can charge for a podcast is because the BBC just produces them for nothing. And also one of the reasons why newspapers, local and national, yeah. have such a hard time making a success of their websites is that everyone's got the BBC yeah. to fall back on. Yeah. You know, you don't need to look and at the any BBC website. The website is incredibly, you know... Yeah. Um, you know, all 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 encompassing and yeah. very good, but what are they doing? Yeah. You know, why are they employing all these people? So well, here's my question, which has always puzzled me. Right, you need a TV license to watch the BBC yeah. on TV, right? Yeah. Why don't you need a, a, a license to listen to it on radio or a, a license to look at it online? Yeah, well, why I, is that all free? Well, because if you here's the thing: if you introduced a paywall, yeah, so you did have to pay to to look at the BBC website, yeah. then everybody then it's a level play for yeah. everybody would have a chance. Exactly there. right. Yeah. And I think the thing about radio is that they would they would take the view that if you're watching anything on the iPlayer, if you're listening to anything on the radio, you should still pay a license fee yeah. because you're utilising their product. Yeah. However. Somebody said to me recently, the TV license originally was a license literally to have a box in the corner of the room which was only doing one thing. Yeah. Now, we're watching a computer effectively yeah. and we're watching less and less live TV. We're watching more and more, you know, catch-up TV or, yeah. you know, Netflix or yeah. paid-for subscriptions-based TV and the BBC has to go down that route, I think. Yeah. And I'm much, much as I love... Um, an awful lot of what they do around the world and, you know, BBC correspondents in, in very dangerous places. I, I take my hat off to them. They've done incredible work. You know, um, the likes of uh, Martin Bell when he was their war correspondent. Brilliant, I mean, brilliant guy. Yeah. I met him in Bosnia. Brilliant. You know, you can't fault that. Yeah. But there's no doubt, like we've mentioned in other podcasts, that there is a bias that has crept into some of their programming. I mean, Question Time now is a joke. Yeah. Uh, Newsnight is pretty much a joke. Yeah. We've seen Emily Maitlis getting castigated for doing that... Uh, you know, um, that um, leadership uh, debate that she yeah. did with the Tories. And I just I just think it's too big and it needs to be cut down to size. It needs to do the things that people want it to do. But let's test that and see if people want to pay for it. You see, I, I slightly disagree. I think it should do the things that people don't want it to do. Right. Because I think if... You know, the thing that gets my goat is why is the BBC bidding for football? Yes. 
when ITV or Sky and sending millions of people to Glastonbury every you know, day. I love Match of the Day. Yeah. Like, I love it, and they do a brilliant job. They but, don't. I but, watched it. Right. I watched it. The first Match of the Day of the weekend yeah, like it. Of, of the first season. I haven't season. seen it yet. Well, I, I, I basically said I came up with four, I think, conclusions. One... Um, there's still an awful lot of mediocrity out there because I watched some games which you wouldn't, which you know, when you're talking about, oh, the Premier League, the greatest <laughs> league in the world. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, Aston Villa versus, you know, whoever it was, Tottenham. It was Spurs. You know, um, Manchester City are going to win the league again. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I know you'll have something to say about yeah. that. Uh, Gary Lineker is still not worth. Um, the, uh, the the money he's getting paid yeah. and Everton are still crap yeah. <laughs> I just dropped that one in at the end some things never change yeah I know but, but those are my four conclusions yeah. but, but why if someone else is prepared to pay for it why should the BBC also drive up the cost because you know if you think about it in doing that mm. what they're doing is they're making it more expensive for other broadcasters yes. to buy the rights yeah. which gets passed down to you and me yeah. in the fee we have yes. to pay to Sky yeah. so we're paying for it because the thing that we're also paying for the bloody BBC yeah. is racking up the exactly. price exactly I mean if somebody's put two choices in front of you yeah. match the day with Gary Lineker yeah. you know £5 uh, a month yeah. match the day without Gary Lineker free yeah. are you going to stop watching the one with Gary Lineker of course no. you are yeah you yes, can take no, absolutely. So it so brings that, nothing to the party. So my thing is that I think if there's important stuff that we as a society think that should be covered, like cultural things, yeah. or, you know, stuff that isn't commercial but is important, yeah. the BBC should do that, and that includes amazing news, yeah. right? Because you know, I'd rather not touch the news. I'd yeah, like the news yeah, to stay where yeah, it is. Yeah. You know. But can you imagine if uh, if Sky News stopped existing? Mm. Which there was a great deal of talk about that, yeah, wasn't it? There was earlier this year. Yeah. Then what else is there but the BBC? Right. You know, I think the Beeb does does a great job covering it, but it does need competition. But where there is competition for big cost stuff, it shouldn't be bidding for no, it. No, it should it shouldn't be spending about I would say probably around seventy percent of the money they spend yeah. on what they spend it on. Yeah, you know. They just and by the be way, that it. bloody newsroom of theirs, which is amazing. Yeah, but that cost I think it was well, like eight billion quid. Forget or about that, right? You get on a plane. And they've got a BBC um, World channel, yeah. which has got even more people on it you've never seen That's before, right. who only do a show for the, for the airlines. Yeah, yeah. It's not BBC World as in, you know, the 24-hour news station. No. It's a completely different thing. It's a, so there is a commercial arm of the BBC, isn't it? Which yeah, yeah. makes money yeah. and takes advertising and sells top gear around the world yeah. and all of this business. I think in this day and age, would it be such a bad thing if some programmes on the BBC had advertising against them? No, I wouldn't care. Who, who would care? Well, you could have it sponsored. I mean, that's yeah. what we all have to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. If, you, it, if it was explained to you that your half your license fee was getting paid for by, you know, Purcell, yeah, then fine, bring it on. Absolutely, get Aaron Banks involved. Yeah, this time with mine. This, this the news tonight has been brought to you by the Brexit Party. <laughs> That's it. We're the thought police. So, That's it. Job. We're out of here. See you later. <laughs>
And after about six months, you know, nothing had happened. Yeah. And somebody said to me in a pub one day, he said, well, maybe they should do an investigation to why I haven't anything in a fucking paper <laughs> yeah. for the yeah. first six months of what they're doing. Because the great thing about people who work as investigators is they love having a long time to do That's things true. and not really ever producing anything. The word on the street was that there was American operators illegally selling um, prawns to the European market yeah. uh, and selling it and shipping it all over to Britain. Driven by demand at Manchester United? Presumably, yeah, for the prawn sandwich <laughs> brigade, of course. And I know this from personal experience. Sticking a cross against a Conservative candidate yeah. for me, I don't think I could ever do really? it. Really? Never. Well, even though now you're a part of the liberal metropolitan elite? I could never vote Conservative. Really? It's just, it just, it's totally against everything right. I stand for. I hope you know Mike and I, by now, we're not in the uh, business of taking bullshit line down. No, no, we really aren't. We're in the business of giving bullshit yeah. line down.